Praise God. All right, you can be seated. If you want to say hey to somebody real quick, you can do that on the way down. Uh, we're going we're gonna to look at the Word this morning. I, I just, uh, I can't tell you uh, this morning what's, what all is stirring inside of me. And I actually want to try to communicate and, and to, to share with us this morning what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me in my heart, in my life over these last number of weeks. And I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes it takes a while for it to start penetrating in that, you know, we kind of got caught up in the rhetoric. We've gotten caught up in what we see and, 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 and all of a sudden, hopefully we get, we catch ourselves. We come back to this place where all of a sudden we do have the mind of Christ. We do hear what God's saying. And I believe part of that is that he is trying to deepen, come on, he's trying to deepen something inside of his church, his people, that's you and I, that needs to be deepened and changed. And that's what my, my, my request of you this morning is that uh, as I, as I uh, hopefully not ramble, but as I ramble this morning, that the Holy Spirit would be weaving something inside of you and pulling something up inside of you that will take you further in what he says he, he, he wants you to be transformed, right? And that, that means he doesn't want you just to be able to manage life and manage how you do life, but he literally wants to transform you to be like Christ. And that's his heart, and that's his desire. And, and as, I, as I look around today and, uh, and see what's happening around us, it's it's obvious that uh, even within the church, we see lots of disagreement. How many would agree with that? If you have Facebook or Twitter or you have something like that, you are seeing that and you're hearing that. And uh, I, 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 at times, kind of just, oh, I just, just I, I don't know what to think. I squirm when I read some of the stuff that believers are putting on Facebook. And I think, you know, they're just not thinking. They're not thinking. They're not, they're not thinking clear. And, uh, because really, a lot of your unsaved family and friends are on there reading that. And I want to show you this morning where not only is that wrong, but it's actually driving people away from Christ. This is a scriptural principle, and I want us to see this this morning because really I want everyone, you know, the Bible, if the Bible was written today, it wouldn't just say guard your, uh, your words or your mouth, but it would say guard your texts and your posts also, okay? It's just bring it right up to date, and I think that's needed. And so this morning, I just ask you just to kind of walk with me through a couple scriptures and let me share a little bit of the personal, uh, uh, what I would call transformation that is taking place inside of me in hopes that it might pull something out of you or probably more than that, just maybe let you say amen to maybe what you've been feeling but not quite sure what to do with it. What do we do with this thing that's going on inside of us right now? And uh, the title of the message is, Who's, uh, whose side is God on? Has anybody ever wondered that? I just been thinking about this. Whose, whose side is God on? Because how many know that we have been pulled in to taking sides? 
And that's true. I mean, just, we, we, there's this side, there's that side, there's the right, the left. There's all these different, the, the black side, the white side. There's all these different sides. And, and uh, through media and through a few, we're being sucked into taking sides. And so the question must be, whose side is God on? Where's he at in this thing? Or is that even a legitimate question? I think it is. I think we'll see that Joshua kind of ran into that. As he was thinking about the whole sides issue. And so uh, uh, let me read just a couple verses here because I think this is important for us to hear these verses in the context of what we as a nation are going through. And again, I'm not addressing unsaved people here. I'm addressing the believers today. I'm addressing the believers. As a matter of fact, if there's an unbeliever watching, you may not thoroughly get this because it it comes from God's Word, and some of the things in God's Word only can be done if you have been born again because it takes His power to help us get there. And so I I, I just want to just jump in on this because I think it's only really the grace of God poured on our hearts that are going to heal this nation. It's that grace poured on us first because if we're the answer, we have to be healed first. How many would agree with that? You know, we can't go in and heal somebody if we have the sickness. Come on, that's, we've seen that being a major problem. Uh, and, and, and so as we read these things, just let, let some of these verses soak in, maybe jot them down and read them later. Psalms 81, verses 10 to 13. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In other words, when you, when you, when you talk about Egypt and coming out, uh, that's kind of a type and a shadow or a picture of becoming born again. He took us out of the bondage that they were in. He took Israel out of the bondage and, and saved them and put them into freedom. He gave them freedom. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people would not heed my voice, and Israel would have none of me. And so I gave them over to their own stubborn hearts to walk in their own counsel. Sometimes we have to do that before we get to the end of our ropes. How many realize that? Has anybody here ever been stubborn before? No elbowing anybody, okay? (laughs) <laughs> but but you, it's what you said, man, you just were so stubborn. You just, you had a stubborn heart, and you, and, and you walked in your own counsel. You turned to your own counsel. Now look at verse 13. Oh, and it's kind of this exclamation of an oh, or man, I would that you would get this. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways, not their ways, not their ways, but his way. He has a way, but it's not their way, and it's not his way. It's his way, not their way or your way. And he's saying, he's, you guys are starting to miss the mark. You're starting to take this turn. I saved you, but now you're turning this way. You're trying to now do life your way by yourself, and he's reeling them back in. And, 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 and this appeal is to Israel. It's not to the world. He's not saying this to the unbeliever, but he's saying it to Israel. This appeal is to us, not somebody else. Oh, that I would, that you would come to his counsel, is his cry to us. And, and I believe, as we see in John chapter 17, 
the, the longest recorded prayer of Jesus for us. Listen to what he says here. And this is what I said just a moment ago. Uh, that uh, Chapter seven, uh, 17, verse 21, that they may be one. We're all familiar with that, right? We've all heard that, that they may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you. And so the whole idea is that, you know, he's trying to say, hey, we are really in agreement together here. We're in one. Why? That they also may be, that they is you, that they also may be one in us. And listen to what the result of that will be. That the world may believe that you sent me. Wow, what an amazing responsibility. He's saying to us, I want you to be one. Now, who's he saying that to? Who are you to be one with? Just the people you agree with? Just the left? Just the right? Just, you know, uh, no, it's, it's to all of his creation. I, 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 did that, is this mic on? To, it's to be in agreement with all of his creation. Come on, we're all created after the image of God. And that's why I said two weeks ago, any form of racism from anyone is actually demonic. Why? Because it dehumanizes God's creation. And he made all of us in his likeness and image. And it's interesting that we might, why we would choose one particular race to think that it was special over another when in fact, every one of us are different, right? Even to the point of having a different fingerprint. Right? Come on. He, he, he didn't want us to think that way. He wanted us to th understand that he is the creator of all mankind. Every one of us came from Adam and Eve. Yes, yes. Come on, join with me in this church. I, I need you to really listen in and catch this because I'm going to share something in a minute that I think will help us to thoroughly understand Maybe where we've been off a little bit uh, according to maybe what God really had in mind for us as a people. I think when, we, when it comes to, 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 to racism, it takes us back to um, trying to understand why would we feel that way about another person. Why is that? How could we be that way? I, I'm born again. I love God. God loves me. I love everybody. Right? But yet they're still in the depth of many people's beings. And I will admittedly say, even recently, in me, a prejudiced. A, 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 just this kind of something, and I don't know how to, how to explain it to you other than uh, I'll share my story in just a moment, but something would rise up in me just a little bit. And, and I didn't know quite what to do with that. And, 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 and I, over the last number of weeks, began to realize through the help of the Holy Spirit what was going on. And I want to try to communicate that today because I, I, tr I truly believe we probably have a little bit more prejudice in us than what we think. Why? Because we're a Christian, because we've got to love, right? Certainly have to say that. I had to be that. And maybe an example, I was talking to somebody in the church yesterday, I didn't ask him to, if I could share this, so I won't share a name, but uh, we were talking about the whole issue, and his statement was, well, you know, where I grew up, it really wasn't an issue. 
It really wasn't a thing. I don't remember being, you know, having an issue and, and I'm, uh, with, uh, uh, with, with black people. I didn't, it just wasn't there. And as we talked a little bit more, something else popped up in his thinking about, but, you know, when I'm around town and I see somebody maybe from the Islamic faith, and I know exactly maybe what some of their plans are, something does rise up in me. I thought, okay, bingo, let's hit it. Because that's what God's after to remove. Every last thing that would drive us away from thinking every person, no matter what the color of their skin is, no matter what their belief is, every single person was originally created by God, the same one that created you. Right? Okay, and, and admittedly, I do too. You know, I was, you know, and, and we, as we talked, it kind of just came up, and I thought, that's good. Let's just see some more of that so we can get rid of every ounce of this thing because it is so against God's heart that I would look at anybody that way. And of course, today's issue, and I, I want to address it just point up, is uh, uh, the, the whole issue that we have with the racism that's rising up between black and white, and, uh, and, and, and we're seeing some uh, pretty negative effects take place around here because of that. I will say that I do see, <laughs> I probably should have just asked one of you to come up and do this today for me. It's just kind of a, a challenging, awkward thing, but I think when we're done that you'll get something out of this, Okay. But, but, but we're seeing some stuff rise up, encouraging things that I'm seeing rise up because I was a part of the rioting in California back in the 60s. And, and, uh, and, and what I remember seeing was, uh, and it happened to be racial between black and white, what, what, what I remember seeing is it was mostly black people against white people. But today I'm seeing a whole lot of different colors coming together to say, we want to get rid of this injustice. We're not going to stand for this anymore. And so I think that's encouraging. The other thing I think is encouraging is I'm seeing a lot of churches rise up, uh, multicultural churches rising up, getting on the streets, and literally just, I, I saw it the other day in New, in New York, uh, a whole group worshiping God out on the street. And it was a multitude of, of, of races. And I thought, that's so awesome. And we're seeing that pop up a lot of places. Just people out on the street worshiping, coming together, worshiping God uh, uh, together. And so, so, so the question comes to us is, all right, wh who, whose side is God on? Let me just look briefly at Joshua chapter 5 and verses 13 to 15, because here's a small little incident uh, and, and hopefully this morning we can kind of come to the same revelation that Joshua came to, and that was found in Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 to 15. And you'll be familiar with this. Uh, they are about to uh, march around Jericho. Remember that story? March around. God said, I want you to march around it because I'm going to pull the walls down and set the people free and uh, open the pathway for you. That was their first step out of the bondage of Egypt. And so now that's where they're at. That's the setting for this. And then this, while Joshua was there, was there near Jericho, he looked up and he saw right in front of him a man standing holding his drawn sword. Joshua stepped up to him and said, Whose side are you on, ours or the enemy's? 
So whose side? See, we just have this propensity to choose sides. We see something, well, that looked better than that, so I'll choose that. And I, I think because of that, we've even done that ourselves some. And, 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 uh, and, and we're, we're really not supposed to. We shouldn't be doing that. We should be on the Lord's side. And here's the response. And he said, neither. <laughs> whose side do you want? Neither. Well, that would throw you for a loop, wouldn't it? Now he's probably really getting worried. Uh, he says, neither. I'm the commander of God's army. I've just arrived, and Joshua fell on his face to the ground and worshiped him and asked, what orders does my master have for his servant? Wow. So all of a sudden, he gets a revelation I believe, and we won't know this till we get to heaven, but I believe he got a revelation of what God's real purpose and heart was. It wasn't just to destroy everybody in Jericho. Well, he was trying to set them free as God just set them free miraculously. He was going to drop the walls and, and open the door and, and, and let them go through onto the promised land, taking a harvest while they go. Verse 15, God's army a commander ordered Joshua, now take, uh, take your sandals off your feet. Uh, the place that you are standing is holy. And, and I think, and again, just try to put your heart and imagination and your spiritual understanding here. I, I think what he was doing was, I'm going to reposition you. You've been standing on the wrong ground. And, and you, even though you might have had the right heart, you were standing on the wrong ground because you had wrong information. How many know you can have right information but the wrong truth? We got to get this. There's right information, but it's not truth. And, and, and we got to somehow get a hold of this. And so he completely takes Joshua, he falls on his face and says, Okay, God, you're right. Now I get it. I don't want to take a side, I want to be on the Lord's side. That's what we read earlier. He says, hey, my people aren't on my side. They've chosen their own sides over here. But it's really not God's side. And oftentimes you can tell by the fruit of what's being said that's coming out. Mean, hurtful, uh, degrading things are coming out. And my challenge is for every one of us today is to really rethink what you're saying and what you even believe. And filter everything that you tweet or retweet. Uh, retweet. Oh, I got a little bit of a speech impediment there. <laughs> everything that you tweet or retweet, that you really look at it through the eyes of Jesus Christ and his word. I mean, what if we did that? What if we really did that? And what if we maybe just kind of hid those ones that weren't supposed to be in front of our faces, leading us astray in our thought? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 to 4. Ephesians 4, 2 to 4. L listen to this simple instruction. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. <laughs> oh, I love God. And then I turn around and I say something. It's mean and it's not respectful. No matter what. And God's just calling his people to be this clear, pure voice. Remember we talked about even last week, that pure language that comes out of us is from the heart of the Father. Why? Because in the midst of all the turmoil, what's he trying to do? He's trying to reap a harvest. He's going to take what the enemy means for evil, 
getting people fearful and, and, and in disrupt, and he's going to reap a harvest out of that. But he won't be able to if his people, his church, his people aren't speaking out. And I'm saying speaking out in a right way. We all know that your silence can be as loud as words. But when you do use your words, how are you using them? And, and, and I say this is a challenge all, with, with all relationships, but we are on a topic this morning. It says, make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace, for there is one body and there's one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. So there's only one body. And I have to break down any separation in my mind that this says that there's more than that. Or I will be on the wrong track. I will be thinking wrong. And that won't be healthy for me. And it won't be healthy for you. And again, I think most of us, if we would be honest, we realize that we're either working with not enough knowledge or false knowledge to come to our conclusions. And, and, and this is what we need to have is the full knowledge so we can make the right conclusions. And if I could really stress it again, today is the day that the church needs to, for maybe the first time, really step up to this whole issue of racism, speaking specifically of uh, our black brothers and sisters. Uh, and and uh, that, that we step up to the plate here and get it rooted out of us. I believe if he roots it out of the church, he can begin to root it out of the nation. But the problem has been in the church. Let's not fool ourselves. And, 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 I, and I hate the statement, but one pastor said, you know, that the Sunday morning is the most segregated hour of the week. And I, I, I just, you know, let's let it soak in and, 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 and really hear what the, the Spirit is saying this morning. The, the word prejudice, it means to prejudge before knowing the person, the facts, or the situation. We all have a propensity toward prejudice because of our fallen nature. So we have this propensity. The word racism simply means it's a bias against another ethnicity that starts with distrust and can evolve into hatred. And we saw this happen. We've seen this happen. And so he's, he's coming this morning, and I, I just repeat again, uh, racism uh, has been one of Satan's largest tools even way back from the beginning. I mean, it's just been there. It's been there all along. And what does it do? It tries to get a brother to, I think it's fratricide, brother to kill a brother. And remember the situation with the Samaritan woman at the well? What was her deal? What are you doing talking to me? He knew she, she knew he was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. They weren't supposed to do that. And, and, what, and so she just throws it in his face. What in the world are you doing? And he tries to talk her down off the mountain, you know, and, uh, and, and says, well, you know, this is, this is uh, uh, what it's about. And he come, I'm coming to give you living water. And so we just see racism, you know, it is in the Bible and it is in our history. And, and I want to try to address that. I want us to try to understand it. I, I guess I, I, I'm thinking this morning, and again, I don't know, you know, I'm sure some people won't like what I'm going to say, uh, but that's okay. I'm fine with that. We'll let the Holy Spirit work some of these things through. Uh, 
But uh, in, in, 19, uh, in, in 1862 was the Emancipation Proclamation. In other words, setting slaves free. Those slaves were black people that were brought over from Africa and bought and sold. How many realize that? Now think about that. Black people brought over, bought and sold. And they were abused and they were beaten and they were all of these things. In 1964, I was alive. Barely. I was alive, and, and when they finally uh, came out with the, uh, I think it was uh, Lyndon B. Johnson came out with where he ended segregation. In other words, black people went to these schools, and everybody else went to these schools. And you couldn't go to restaurants, and you couldn't ride on the buses and all of that, or you had to ride at the back of the buses and that type of thing. And that's, that's, that's not that long ago. That's not that long ago. I mean, that's just almost, it's almost shocking sometimes. And it wasn't until 68, 1968 where the Fair Housing Act uh, ended discrimination against renting and selling uh, houses. And as you read through history, you realize that there were some communities that in their association uh, bylaws, it said you could not sell to a black person. Because it's written in there because they were thought less of. And, and, and I, I want us to realize how bad this really was. And I'm, I'm saying this because I remember in my thinking, and I, I just, and I hope this can come across well, in my thinking, I used to think, because I grew up, most, most of you know this, I grew up uh, actually being a minority in black neighborhoods and then also in Hispanic neighborhoods. And so I was, I was the minority, chased, beat up at times, et cetera, for just because I was white. So it wasn't all that long ago <laughs> that all this stuff is happening. And so I'm sitting there going through uh, my life as this stuff is going on, and I'm thinking, okay, uh, I used to think, okay, uh, you know, I didn't ever buy a slave, so why would you be mad at me? So get over it. Or you were never a slave, get over it. Okay, this is in my head, all these thoughts every time stuff happens. Because again, when you're in rioting and stuff, it's no fun. People get hurt. People get hurt, you know, and, and lives get hurt. And we know that people get killed. And, and we see what's happening today in a, in a, in a, in a crazy way. And, and I just want to say, just make sure in your head that you separate the... the, the uh, the, the right protesters, the, 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 the just protesters, away from those that are causing evil. And, and it's good to see the fact that they're even rising up against them. We've seen in the news a couple cases where they've stopped the looters. That, that was not who they are. And I was glad that the, the media was willing to share that. But I grew up as a minor, my, minority in my neighborhood, and, and so I, I did acquire... Uh, this, this inward hate, you know, that, that was there that it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, it's just the way you grew up. It's just life, you know. We made the jokes and we, we talked about it all the time in the back room and, you know, and, and vice versa. And I'm sure I know they did too because when I was in good standing with my black brothers and sisters, they'd talk about white people just like <laughs> we talked about black people. And the jokes are there and all of that. It's just no different. It was no different whatsoever, but all this is going on, and it's impacting 
uh, who we are and how we act. So here's what happened. I came across a picture of my grandfather, whom I never knew. My nephew sent me a picture, and I pulled it up uh, a few weeks ago, and I put it as a screensaver. And, and I remember the odd, weird feeling that I had looking at that picture because I didn't ever know him, and I wasn't really happy with him. And, 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 uh, and, and the story goes like this. My grandfather, the one I was looking at, molested my mother, his daughter. My mother then ends up through the hurt and the pain of that, that that causes and how it ruins relationship or trying to have a relationship, my mother ends up being married six or seven times. I have six or seven alcoholic fathers growing up. I ultimately end up in a scenario where um, I turn to a life of drugs, alcohol, perversion, and rioting. I've tipped over Cover his ears back there, would you, Katie? I've tipped over a police car before. I've set a jail on fire before in the midst of this rioting stuff that's going on. But was I thinking even about the cause? No, it was just fun. It was just something to do. Where let's get this mob mentality begins to take over a group of people. And that's why we have to be very careful with our judgments. But it caused me to turn... To, to, to drugs and alcohol, and the only thing that pulled me out of it was getting saved. Or I'd probably be in prison or dead or something today. But I'm telling you that because what my grandfather did to my mother impacted her life. And what she did in her life then impacted my life. Now, you could have looked at me back then and said, Man, you're just a rotten, no good, whatever, and begin to hate me, not really realizing how I ended up there and how deep your, your, your family heritage impacts you. And it just made me stop and think, it wasn't that long ago that we were dehumanizing black people by making them slaves. And they've been through this, and they've been through this. Well, do we want them just to get over it? Come on, I'd like to think that I could have just gotten over it. But I guarantee you, I tried to get over the drugs and the alcohol, and I couldn't get over it by myself. It was Christ that pulled me out of that. Why? Because it goes so deep. Because what happens to you when you're a little kid growing up to about 11 years old, what goes on in those stages is what impacts the rest of your life. And unless Christ intervenes, you may be stuck with the destiny that that produces. And we're not releasing anybody of personal responsibility. But what God wants us to do is to begin to see clearly so that we can look at our brothers and sisters differently because until we do, we will never really, really love them and help them as part of God's creation just like we are. And, and so this generational thing has come down, and keep in mind, they were slaves in America as far back, legally, 152 years. That's all. That's what a generation is, 30 or 40 years. That's only four generations that they were still bought and sold. Now, that was when they changed the law, but how many know that laws don't really change stuff a lot? Yeah. 
you know, it finally, you know, you're forced to, but it doesn't change the heart of people. And so it has kept a struggle over our black brothers and sisters for years. They couldn't get the jobs. They couldn't get the promotions. They couldn't get the things simply because of the color of their skin. Now, don't try to tell me that's not going to impact them in a deep way. And, and, and I believe if you, could, if, you, if you get this, however you were, and some of you, I'm sure, were pretty nice people growing up, okay? <laughs> I think Amber probably was nice all of her life, okay, growing up. But as nice as I think Amber was and is, compared to Christ, man, we're terrible. Come on, we all are. Even Amber is. I hate to tell her that, but... So you get the comparison here. So we compare people, but with Christ, you are just as bad as anybody else. And it's important for us to to really look at that and say, okay, well, uh, how can I change my heart. David said this, and this is what really my desire for us this morning, every one of us, every one of us, my desire this morning is that we would do what David did. Psalms 139 and verse 23, because I was thinking, you know what, you know I love to give you homework. <laughs> what homework could I give them, you know? But here's, here's, here's really the best homework. David did it. David said this. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. And don't stop there. Try me, okay, and know my anxieties or the depth of my emotions. Let me know the depth of my emotions. And sometimes we don't do that even personally, and we have struggles with each other in life just simply because we don't do that with each other, no matter what the color. And see if there is any wicked way in me, I like that, that he uses that strong of a term, and lead me into the way of everlasting. Psalms 51 and verse 2, he, he says this here, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Any element of racism and prejudice is sin before your God. And it may be the worst kind because it's sin against his son or daughter. It's sin against his creation. And I, and, I, and I do want that to really get a grip on us so that we can see, wow, we are not that far from, from some dehumanization of a whole group of people. And, you know, we, I, I, you know, I know that prejudice is everywhere. We were in Trinidad, West Indies for three months, Patricia and I. And they were, it was 40%... African and 40% West Indians, and there was just there was there was, there was racial strife there. I think the enemy uses it every chance he can. But I, I want us to address today, in particular, our black brothers and sisters, because I believe that we can be a part of the healing. And there is a healing that's happening. And I've, I've known it. I've got many black brothers and sisters that are great friends. I just was connecting with a doctor friend of ours, Carl Watts in Idaho, and talking you know, with him about some of this. And he's just, you know, he's just saying, you know, I've just had to stay silent about all this for so long. I felt like I couldn't even say something to my friends. And I thought, wow, how terrible is that? You know, and all he wanted to do was just to talk. Sometimes talking gets stuff out. And he's an amazing 
He's an amazing brother, uh, believer. And so, uh, anyway, I, I, I just, uh, this morning, I want us to maybe realize that uh, what's happening around us, uh, the, the evil side of it is not related or connected to the righteous protesting that's going on. It's not connected at all. And, and I think it's getting crossed over in some people's minds. And I know, you know, that I don't let the thought stay, but when I see something, uh, if I see, uh, you know, a, a black person smashing a window, what I don't want that to do is to get into my heart thinking that the righteous protesters are doing that because they're not. As a matter of fact, I would probably venture to say that the majority are not. The majority just say, can we just have complete freedom? We don't want a token. We don't even really want a law that doesn't work. We just want freedom. And that's exactly what God's people experienced in the land of Egypt. And it was, let my people go. Give us freedom. We, are, we were not made to be slaves or in bondage. And, 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 uh, and so uh, how, how, how do we process this thing that we're going through? Uh, Chelsea shared something this morning in a prayer time uh, that we had. And I, I, I just thought, wow, it almost it resonated as an answer maybe uh, for us that we, the church, could be involved in. So could you, would you come up and just, I've asked her to share this with you. You just have to be in front of this so our online audience can see you. Um, yeah, we were at prayer time before um, service uh, in the morning, this morning, and um, we were just singing over the city and the state, um, and really the nation as a whole, um, the song probably many of you have heard, the ironic um, blessing song of favor and peace and for thousands of generation upon generation upon generation. And as we were singing that, um, the Lord just brought, I just was, had my eyes closed, and the Lord just brought the picture of the story in the Bible where um, the, uh, all the men were coming to stone the adulterous woman. And... Um, Jesus knelt down and drew in the sand and said, whoever has sin, let you know, them cast the first stone. And inevitably what happened is all the people surrounding with their stones dropped their stones and walked away. And um, the Lord just kind of dropped in my heart that his presence disarms sin. And his presence disarms fear. And his presence brings in love and justice. And that woman wasn't even necessarily an innocent, righteous woman. But neither was anyone else standing there, actually. But the Lord just dropped in my heart so much that um, that's what we are as his church and as Christians and as people that believe and follow Jesus and live by the Holy Spirit, that that is what we should be doing in our city and in our state is bringing his presence and his love um, into everywhere that we go um, and into uh, every person that we face, come face to face with, that we should be speaking peace and favor on them, no matter where we think they're from or 
what side they're on, but that we, care, we are carriers of his presence and we're carriers of his love. And that is our calling. That is our mandate is to bring that into the, every scenario and situation and person that we encounter. And so I just thought that was um, just a new way to see, uh, to approach what's happening right now and to approach what's going on in our own hearts in um, knowing that that is a place where we can actively uh, stand in bringing his presence and his love and speaking peace and favor into every single person that would, this change of heart that we're talking about um, really really does have to happen deeply rooted in us towards every person that um, we're viewing it through his lens. He didn't come into that scenario with even prejudgments and solutions. Well, he did have a solution, but he came in and the stone, it literally they, they didn't even, it doesn't say, maybe they did, but it doesn't say in here in the Bible that they gave a huge kerfuffle about it and stormed off. It says they dropped their stones. And that just spoke to me so loudly that the Lord's presence disarms those things. And it doesn't, like the wall, just, even with the wall of, here I am, I'm on my own little tangent. Um, even with the, Jer- the wall of Jericho that we were talking about, whose side are you on? And the angel of the Lord said, I'm not on a side. I'm here with the Lord. I have, some, I have things to tell you for you of that. It doesn't, not to say, that, I mean, there is righteous anger, but um, it doesn't always end with one side falling down and one side lifting up. But the Lord says, I have solutions and ways to disarm scenarios and bring peace and bring favor and bring wisdom. So I just had that as our prayer. And I think that should be all of our prayers walking around and, and in our own homes of knowing what to pray and say. Perfect. Thank you. That's exactly the answer. Jesus steps in. Injustice is happening. People want to throw stones. And his righteousness turned that away. And I I think probably a large part of that crowd were just following the crowd. But the righteousness pulled them away from that and spared the woman. What if we do that through this? That would require that I begin to change my heart. That's what it really requires. It's more than a change of mind, but a change of heart. And, and, and so that when we see people of different uh, races or religious backgrounds or anything, if you feel something start to rise up, that's what you want to go after and say, Lord, search me, know my heart, because the heart can be deceitful sometimes, okay, and, 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 and uh, lead me into the way of everlasting because I believe that the church is the answer for the world. I believe that with all my heart. I really believe that. I actually believe if the church left the world right now, chaos would instantly break out. Because we're here bringing something to it. And so, uh, and, and, and so God wants to reap a harvest. And he's after that. And, and he's after us to do it. And so, uh, <clears throat> we're going to pray again in a moment. If I could have the worship team come up. Uh, you, guys, you guys have the generation song memorized? <laughs> it's, 
Somebody help me. Can you find the words, Cat? It's called The Blessing. That song is just ministered, I think, deeply. It just brings things around. But let me, let me just give you just a couple practical thoughts as the worship team is coming here that, that we can do. And if we could begin to apply these, because I think we can have the same impact on the crowd as Jesus did. And at the time, he was protecting the, the lady that, like Chelsea said, was in the wrong. She wasn't caught in adultery. And, and, but he's able to see beyond that and say, this is my daughter. This is my daughter. Don't handle my daughter that way. I'm not going to let the unrighteous handle my daughter that way. And stepped into the crowd with the, with the right pure heart. So here's just a couple quick thoughts as they're coming. Don't jump to conclusions about where other people are standing. You know, it's interesting. If you don't, if you tweet something, somebody gets mad at you. <laughs> if you don't retweet something, they get mad at you. You know, there's just no winning sometimes in this thing, you know. Uh, and, and so just be careful that you don't jump to conclusions because somebody doesn't tweet something or, or does tweet something. And, and be humble and patient with where people are all the time. That's very biblical about how we handle other people, other lives. Pray before you post or repost. Just pray and say, just, I, I just challenge you, Jesus, would you say this? Would you want me to say this? Or is it just a cute slogan that kind of resonates with my sinful nature? Come on, that's what happens sometimes. You know, you wish you would have thought of it, but it really was bad. So just pray about anything that you're going to post and repost because, you know, you're, you're, you're making a difference by what you say and tweet and post. And maybe have some new conversations with some black brothers and sisters. Just sit down and talk to them and really understand and hear them, hear their heart. Again, I don't think they want just, they don't want special privileges. They don't want that. They just want freedom. They just want the same thing that we have. That's all. That's all. Listen well. Let's pray for unity. And let's talk and walk like Jesus did. If ever the time in my spirit that I felt the church needs to rise up and really not be silent, but just voice the right things the right way, now is the time. What if we could root that demonic spirit out of our nation? We would then be able to go help other nations. At this point, our nation has gotten pretty bad. And it's just the grace of God that we still have the very presence of God and the prosperity that we have. But if we could root this out, I, I, I just believe that God would use that to sweep around the world and change things. I, I know that wasn't, this wasn't very organized, but I, I just wanted to share my heart with you and I want us to pray and I really want us to ask God to root this out completely out of our heart and spirit. So let's just start with that. Would you just bow your head, please? And those that are listening online, you can do it just 
as well there as, as we are going to do it here. And, and, and again, uh, let me just say this. Prejudice is something that affects all areas of your life. It may have a specific target initially, but once that bad spirit, that evil thing gets in you, it will affect every other area of your life. You can't just say, oh, it's against this person or that race or that uh, religion. It impacts everything because it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's wicked. It's not from the Holy Spirit. And some of us may be struggling because of that. So let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you this morning that your heart and your desire is that every one of us, God, would stand arm in arm. We would have, uh, Lord, honor and respect due to each other as your creation, as your sons, as your daughters. And I pray, God, for myself and I pray for us as a church here that something would flip inside of us this morning. You would be able to search us. You would be able to root it out. No matter what our background was, you would be able to root it out. And you would cause the Holy Spirit just to totally cleanse that area so we could be a real arm uh, uh, and, 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 and uh, voice for reconciliation. Because that's your heart and that's your desire. And God, we would see a difference in our nation. We do come to you this morning in need of your help and revelation about this. And because uh, I know even in some of us, it just is rooted deep from our upbringing. And uh, we don't want to take it lightly anymore. We want to totally annihilate it out of our lives. So search us if there's any wicked way, totally destroy it. In the name of Jesus, amen.